Welcome to Good Company's podcast for Thursday, May the fifth, and we talk camping and going to the cottage to mow or not to mow. That is the question, and how pain is possibly all in your head. Yeah. We'll dive into that in today's episode of Good Company. You can always catch us live Monday through Friday from five till six p.m. Eastern Standard Time, streaming at faithstrongtoday.com. You're listening to Faith Strong Today's Good Company, bring you the best in Christian music and talk. Don't forget, coming up this hour, listen for Kirk Says, and then Kirk Franklin saying something. That's your cue to call for a pair of tickets to see Kirk Franklin and Maverick City Music on their Kingdom Tour happening in the GTA on June 14th. But coming up this weekend, I'm hearing a lot of rumblings of people going up to the cottage. They're opening up their cottages. Is it early this year that they're opening their cottage? Kind of on time? I don't know. The weather's kind of throwing me a little bit. I feel like it's a little cooler than normal, but yeah, this weekend, people going up to the cottage, cleaning out the cobwebs, and uh, getting ready for cottage season. And it got me thinking about going to the cottage versus camping. Because growing up, from where I'm from, we just didn't go to cottages. We just went camping. Even a cottage would have been considered more of a cabin, and it's a little bit more a rustic feel. So do you go to the cottage, or do you prefer camping? If you prefer camping, Scouts Canada, very excited for that because they have deemed us barely ready to camp. We are just not as camp savvy as maybe we once were. Uh, All of that when it comes to how to make sure that we are safe in the woods from animals, what not to eat in the woods, all kinds of things. They did a recent survey and they say most Canadians who are part of their survey... Yeah, just not super camping savvy. So we're going to be talking about that as well, because there's a lot of things to keep in mind. Whether you're tenting or in a cottage, you still got to make sure you stay safe because you are definitely in rural areas. And there are bears and there are mosquitoes and bugs and there are the snakes and the raccoons. So how do we fend them off? I'm curious to know if there are some must know camping and cottage survival skills that you've learned over the years. Text in 905-338-1250. You can also head to our Facebook page and answer the question there. So I'm curious, Camping Cottage, what are some of those things that you have learned not to do or a must do to keep your family safe? Holly Taylor here. Check out faithstrongtoday.com. We've got some articles there for you to check out. Also, if you're looking for our podcast, because I know I talk about them a lot, and maybe you've forgotten a name or you can't figure out where you can find it, uh, at faithstrongtoday.com, in that top main menu, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. It's a drop-down menu, and it will show you all of our podcasts that we've had past and present. So check it out. You can listen and then head to your favorite podcast platform and then subscribe. Easy breezy, fun to do, and there are some great conversations thanks to Grow in the Go, Between the Grooves, and Wine Lee Project. These podcasts are Faith Strong Today productions, if you will, and um, yeah, we're just really excited about them. So check them out, faithstrongtoday.com. I'm Holly Taylor, and also rest, going up to the cottage, maybe going camping is rest for you. Honestly, camping for me is not rest. 
it's a lot of preparation. It's um, travel. It's mosquitoes. It's being largely left to the elements. <laughs> so, uh, for me, being in the outdoors, mainly it was camping growing up. Um, so I kind of like this idea of going to the cottage. You know, it's a little bit more. I don't. What's the word I'm looking for? Glamping over camping, if you will. And that's what we're talking about today: going camping or going to the cottage. You are still in the wilderness. You're still in the wild. So, what are some of those must? Have skills or just things that you would need to make sure you and your family are safe. Roy texted in at nine zero five three three eight twelve fifty, and he says, "Making sure your kids are confident swimmers, no matter what the age is. Having all of your water safety things ready to roll, definitely something that is a must. Such a great reminder. My kids aren't the best swimmers." Um, the whole pandemic really took the wind out of their sails. We were going to lessons regularly, and now it's been two years since they've had a lesson, so I kind of feel guilty. But this summer, why not? We'll throw them in the pool. And, uh, of course, the life jacket and, and a teacher right by. <laughs> nothing nothing too dramatic here. Uh, but, yeah, it's important to have those basic skills of swimming. What do you do if you are getting cold? So water safety, very key. Um, what else do you have on your list of what we must know to be in the wild. Ginny texted in 905-338-1250. She says, meal planning when camping has saved my family time and money and headaches. My mom used to do that. She would take time, probably two weeks before we went camping, and write down what we would have for every single meal and snacks, go to the store. Um, I remember that she would make omelets like pre-make them and put them in baggies so that in the morning she just opened the baggie and there's like your egg, your already cut up uh, peppers, cheese that's already grated just so it would be done and she wouldn't have to waste time while supposed to be enjoying camping and relaxing, cutting up peppers and stuff. So uh, little things like that can speed up time, keep everybody fed and healthy and yeah. So uh, feel free to hop onto our Facebook page as well. You can weigh in on the conversation there or text in at 905-338-1250 as we talk how to be safe when you're camping or when you're at the cottage. From the wildlife, from the cold, from the water, there's a lot of things to keep in mind. You can also catch us across the airwaves of Joy Radio in the Greater Toronto Area or on demand using the My Joy Radio app for Google and Apple devices. I'm Holly Taylor. We are at that point in our year where all the snow is gone. Maybe you've already started to do some yard work. You've thatched your lawn if you have one. Maybe you've got a condo, so you're trying to figure out what part of my balcony am I going to put my herbs. Maybe you're going to have some kind of pot of tomatoes or strawberries. It's kind of that time of year. The one thing, though, about this time of year is whether or not you mow. Our lawn is essentially just weeds, so we're trying to do some kind of weed care. We're renting. We inherited essentially a a wonderful meal for rabbits and skunks. (laughs) 
not so much for playing with the thistles. So we're working on it so our kids can go and play outside. But um, do you mow or not mow? Are you one that says, you know, these flowers are really great for bees, for the uh, pollinators, the butterflies. So you choose maybe to not mow as frequently. So I'm curious, do you let your lawn flowers just grow as per they want to. Because I've seen some yards and they've done this and literally it looks like a coat of blue and white and yellow and it looks really beautiful. And even those little violets that pop up randomly, it's just so nice. And when food is scarce, it's actually really great things for the wildlife. But when you have allergies... And when you want your lawn to be nice and green, out comes the lawnmower. So I just want you to know, if you're like, I want to be a pro-pollinator this year, I just don't want to mow, you know, there are camps of individuals that would say, yes, you keep those wildflowers, a.k.a. weeds, on your lawn. It is going to help with the bees and the butterflies and their populations be stronger. Um, But your neighbors will probably not really like you. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, are you for the bees or are you for the busy bees in your neighborhood? See what I did there? Okay, I'll stop talking. We are also a podcast here at Good Company. Just go to wherever you get your favorite podcasts and look for Good Company with Holly Taylor. You can also head to faithstrongtoday.com for the full list of all the podcasts that we have. And uh, this week's been pretty full. There's a, a lot of really great conversations that we've been able to have through those podcasts. But if you're looking for something inspirational, maybe there is a specific thing that you are really trying to dive into, whether it be patience or love or ways to read the Bible, check out the incredible articles at faithstrongtoday.com. Com. Uh, hopefully, they'll be a great source of encouragement and a great resource for you. So, again, check out the website, faithstrongtoday.com. I'm Holly Taylor, and there is that saying about it's just all in your head or mind over matter, talking about life situations. And it's actually true. They've been doing some new neurological studies about chronic pain and how if they treat the psychological phenomenon called catastrophizing, they actually have been able to help people who deal with chronic pain manage their pain better. So you don't just necessarily need to have some kind of pain prescription to be able to deal with some of the chronic pain. They say sometimes in our head, it's like the anticipation of having the pain or the fatigue of always feeling pain can make the pain feel worse. And so they are doing all these kinds of studies, really trying to help what they call pain reprocessing therapy to reprocess how we internalize pain through our brain, through the receptors there. Because you get that path that your brain is like, ah, it's pain. And you get into that habit of going down that same road in your brain as the neurons, the neurological things, and the whatchamacallits all fire the synapses. There you go. I, I read something. Some of those words are accurate, but some are not. But this pathway then becomes the easiest pathway to take. And thus, it really is a big part of how you are processing the pain in your head. So if they can help you with the thoughts that you are having about pain, as well as the other things you're taking, they say will really help people manage their chronic pain more. So I'm glad there's so many new studies when it comes to pain because there's different thresholds 
modes of pain. There's different kinds of pain. And the chronic pain is something that doctors have been wondering, why? Why do people experience chronic pain? You think of athletes, they've got their injuries, um, and they could have chronic pain because of those. Sometimes the spot, the actual physical area is totally fine, but your brain remembers the pain. Have you heard of the phantom pains for those who are amputees? And like, oh, my leg is hurting me, but it was amputated. So it's not there, but it's your brain remembering. So it's really fascinating to see how incredible, A, our brain is. It's just a masterpiece. But B, how how we guard our thoughts, how we think about things, how we process the information our body's giving us can help determine the volume of pain that we are experiencing. So there you go. I think of athletes. Um, when I injured my knee playing soccer, they told me your recovery is actually most, mostly mental because you can be totally fine, but mentally you're not going to trust your knee. And then you're going to favor your knee. And then you're going to create other kinds of weaknesses and injuries because you're not treating your knee as it needs to be. So I was like, what? I just need to think that my knee can do it. Trust my knee that it's healed and just try to work my way emotionally and psychologically through that injury. So it's fascinating. So, so fascinating. And then you think of like big playoff experiences like the NHL playoffs that are happening right now. P.S. The Leafs play tomorrow night, 7.30. Yes, we'll be watching the game in our household. But these athletes, they're getting banged and bumped and bruised, and yet they are still playing through the pain to be able to hopefully win that Stanley Cup. So there you go. Pain might be in your head in some cases. So something to think about. Big congratulations going out to our Kirk Says winner today. Your next chance to win tomorrow morning with James Curtis on the drive. It'll be your final morning to try to win tickets to see Kingdom Tour rolling through Toronto June 14th. So get ready for your next chance to win. Have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Good Company.